Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today, we have a very special guest with us, all the way from the future, or Australia. But before I introduce her, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program today. So we will get to know our guest, and we will also find out how does she envision a creative society. And if you never heard about the project Creative Society, it is the project that is run by volunteers from over 180 different countries in order for us to find out and build a society that everybody will feel happy and fulfilled in. So my name is Olga and my co-host is Steve. Welcome, Steve. And with us, we have a special guest of honor Dr. Liz Eisenring. She is a best-selling author, professor of nutrition and dietitian. So welcome, Dr. Liz. So good to have you. Thank you so much, Olga and Steve. Lovely to be here. Awesome. So please tell us a little bit more about your background and how did you get started as a nutritionist? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I've always been interested in food, cooking, nutrition and health. And so it just sort of seemed a natural fit for me. I liked, um, you know, science and, and food. And so I know how important it, it uh, is. Now, you probably don't know, I actually started my first career um, was pharmacy. So like as a chemist and making products. And while that, you know, is a very good background in terms of the chemistry and the biochemistry, um, I really did not like actually just sticking labels on medicines and handing them out. And I think that um, probably started my journey of nutrition and health because that was very much about just treating the symptoms. And there was something about that that just really didn't resonate with me. And I thought we really need to get to the root of the, the problem and try and prevent those things from happening in the first place. So basically, you know, that led me on to sort of the natural career of finding out about nutrition and dietetics. So it was good background uh, to what I do now. And um, yeah, since then, absolutely haven't looked back at all. Dr. Liz, thank you. One of the things that a lot of people connect nutrition with is always weight loss. Quickly. Yes. But yes. how about nutrition as part of our mental health? Is there any correlation between proper eating or as you mentioned, I loved how you put it in our pre-conversation, food and mood. Could you talk yeah. more about that? That was kind of kind of caught my attention and it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, we really now know um, it's a huge connection and lots of emerging scientific scientific evidence to show the link between food and mood. And it's really this connection between the gut and the brain. And basically the gut and the brain are always talking to one another. Um, and it's probably not that surprising about the brain influencing the gut. If you think about it, like if you're very nervous or you're put on the spot to give a talk or something like that, you might feel those butterflies in your stomach and you might even need to race off to the toilet. So that's how we think influencing our gut. But what's newer knowledge is that our gut, and in particular, it's actually the bacteria living in our gut that make little signals and that, sorry, make little chemicals and they send signals to our brain and can influence things like our mood, um, our anxiety levels, our energy levels, things like food cravings, and even how well we sleep. 
So we now know that eating the right sort of foods, which is basically, you know, foods as found in nature, as opposed to all the man-made crap that we are currently feeding ourselves, um, is huge for improved health and, and well-being. So, yeah, I think that's one of my key messages is that it's not just about looks and aesthetics and what we are on the inside, outside, but just as importantly, it's nourishing our inside and actually helping to improve, improve our mood. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> and also, <laughs> if you could share with us how important it is the preventative part of, you know, consuming the right nutrition and how really important it is to recognize that what we put in our body is a direct relationship to the, our health, not just today, but maybe years from now. Yeah, that's a, a huge one. And I think, you know, over the past 20 years of me working in nutrition and, and teaching students about nutrition and dietetics and working with my patients is a big move to preventative health, um, particularly in our current uh, environment. You know, we're, we're in this situation where, you know, due to some improvements in hygiene and medicine, you know, we've got this um, great um, lifespan, long lifespan, but unfortunately, that's starting to decrease now, and it's mainly due to man's interference in terms of, um, you know, problems with obesity and heart disease and diabetes and all those sort of chronic conditions, which if we took a bit better care of ourselves early on, um, you know, then we can actually, if we can't exactly prevent them, we can actually decrease the risk of getting them and stretching out that really good quality of life time. And the older I get, the more important aging with vitality becomes. And I tell you what, it's, you know, it, it's, um, I think, absolutely key to do all we can to make sure we're eating the right things and, um, you know, nourishing ourselves. So um, I might just share a little analogy or, you know, example with you and the viewers, which helps people to understand, you know, and I sort of talk about the story that we, we should be thinking about our bodies as like a sports car or a high performance vehicle. And, um, and, you know, I see in terms of nutrition and health, there being really three pillars. So one is mindset and that's the driver of the car. So we need the driver to turn it on to get where we want to go. Likewise, if we've got some bumpy roads ahead, we might want to slow down. And if we're veering off the road, we use our driver or our mindset to bring us back on. Um, the second one being menu and nutrition is fuel. And so if we've got this beautiful, you know, sports car worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're not going to fill it with the cheap stuff. You know, we're actually going to use the premium gas or the premium fuel. And likewise, that's what we should think about our nutrition if we want ideal energy and performance. Um, and the third pillar is, is um, movement. And so it's like exercise, fitness, and that's the engine of our sports car. And, you know, we need to give it a bit of a workout, blow out the dust, make sure everything's working properly. And as I said, you know, we... It's true, we've all got this incredibly valuable sports car. It's us, it's our body, and we've only got one for life. So my advice and recommendation is to do those regular little tune-ups so that we don't need a massive overhaul or even need a replacing the engine, <laughs> you know, at, at the end. So I think little tune-ups, doing, doing easy things along the way um, means a more enjoyable life and that we don't have to, you know, do too many dramatic things. Um, before we need to, before we need to, yeah. I like that. Dr. Liz, I have a, a two-part question for you. Yeah. Uh, we live in a society where we have to have things now, and that's a fast food. Uh, why it's so good is because, well, it's fast. How important is preparation time? Does it actually make a difference if 
we take time to prepare food ourselves versus look for the quick and easy way out. That's part one. But two is, as we're talking creative society, can food play a role and nutrition and food play a role in bringing people together? Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the, the first um, point, Steve, that you made about um, preparation, I think that's a key strategy for, because we all know that feeling of, um, of you know, when you, you're really craving something or you're really hungry, and that's often we've got a low blood sugar level and we just want, we just want food now. And, um, you know, we're going to go with the quick and easy option. But if we do a bit of meal preparation, whether it's um, by prepping and doing, um, you know, bigger proportions and, and putting them into smaller containers on the weekend for, for lunches and things throughout the week, or maybe it's even just preparation when going shopping and making sure, you know, you have lots of salad ingredients and some simple things you can add to it that really don't take much time. And, um, and the point about it's, it's um, convenience and, and fast, but it's also cost. And I think, and I know you guys in the US, you, you have even probably more of an issue than we do in Australia in that, you know, the fast food is so, appears to be on the surface, so ridiculously cheap and often for the big portion sizes as well. And I say on the surface because of two reasons. One, um, you can actually cook healthier, more economic stuff yourself if you know what you're doing and it, and it needs a bit of care with shopping and, you know, using legumes and chickpeas and lentils and, and you know, rice, really good, cheap protein sources. Um, and that requires a bit of preparation. But the other thing, of course, it's, it's just like that, that sports car story. People think, yeah, fast food's super, super cheap. But I can tell you, you know, a couple of decades down the track when you're needing your heart surgery or a, a valve replacement or whatever, um, you know, it's, it's actually not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. So, um, yes, I think preparation is a really key strategy for eating better and enjoying it. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated and love the area of nutrition and dietetics. We know from all different cultures, food is often the centerpiece, you know, sitting down with our families and our loved ones, all our different celebrations are often around food. Um, we know that it's often quite easier to assimilate with people from different backgrounds if we actually share different foods and talk about the, the different cuisines. So, yeah, I think um, food plays a really important part in our culture and our bonding and um, our communities. And I think that's probably also a reason why we need to make sure that everyone has good access to safe, nutritious and um, healthy healthy food uh, as well. Yes, I was about to say that we are so lucky that we do have resources, but even in the United States, we have people that go hungry at night and some people, you know, don't even make it till the morning because of hunger and not enough of food on the table. And uh, Dr. Liz, we ask everybody around the globe this one question, and we would like to ask you as well. How do you envision a world where you, your family, your friends are happy and live a fulfilled life? What does this ideal world look like to you? Oh, it's a beautiful question, isn't it? I'm quite excited even just by sharing this vision. So to me, um, it's about, I guess, embracing and living in harmony with, um, with nature and, you know, appreciating what we've got. I think it's also leveling out you know, the extremes of poverty and extreme wealth and ensuring that, you know, most people, if not all people is obviously the desire, um, can have the ability to spend time 
working to their strengths, working to what they enjoy and actually contributing meaningfully uh, to society in a, in a safe, happy, uh, natural, fulfilling environment. And I think that's the abs absolute dream to um, be fulfilled and rewarded for your strengths and, and your passions um, and embracing humanity and not stuffing up the planet while we're doing it <laughs> would be lovely. I think it would be amazing. Dr. Liz, you, you, you used the word natural a couple of times. You brought up rice, beans, legumes. You brought up chickpeas. Um, I know plant-based eating is a pretty big deal. Obviously, mm -hmm. we don't want to force everyone to be vegan. However, how important is it for their environment to look to more plant-based sources and have more of a balance? Can we feed more people around the world if we look more to nature's sources of food? Yes, absolutely. And from an environment point of view, and also from a health point of view, which of course, you know, always wearing my, my health hat as well. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of saving energy, saving water, um, causing less damage to our environment, um, we've got pretty good evidence that having more plant-based food is key. Plus, um, we can still get uh, really good protein sources through, you know, some of those things I mentioned, like the legumes and the chickpeas. And, you know, they do appear to be a more efficient source from an environmental point of view than, for example, you know, our beef and, um, and you know, some of the animal uh, products. And I think while going vegan or plant-based, um, you know, certainly is an appropriate choice for a lot of people. Um, not saying that everyone has to do that, but even having a couple of meat-free meals a week can make a tremendous impact. And I can say, so I've got, you know, I've got a 16-year-old teenage boy who's like an eating machine at the moment. Um, and he loves his meat. He loves his meat. Um, but yeah, we get creative. And I, I do it mainly from, I think, a health perspective, but it is also a little bit of a cost perspective and environmental perspective as well. So for example, you know, things like spaghetti bowl or, or mince dishes, you know, a really quick tip is just to throw in some red lentils and they kind of all just, and, and half or quarter the amount of meat um, I use. And I've, I've worked out the ratio and I can, I can go very low before he detects that there's lentils in it um, and not as much meat. And, and that's a really quick and easy thing that anyone can do. And, you know, we do meat free a few times as well. And, you know, sometimes he picks it up and sometimes he doesn't. But it's, you know, we're doing our bit for the environment, our bit for the health. And, um, and it means you can get more creative uh, with meals as well as saving money. So mm -hmm. to me, there's, there's multiple wins there. And from the research perspective, we've got such good evidence that eating more plant-based foods, particularly our vegetables, mm -hmm. fruits and, and legumes, et cetera, is associated with, with good um, health outcomes. And if you look at all those blue zones, you know, those areas around the world where people live for longer, um, they all have plenty of, of really good sources of plant-based foods. So, yeah, I think there's, there's very convincing evidence that we should all be eating, eating more plants and healthy <laughs> foods. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. And I heard the word creative several times. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, uh, in the creative society, personal responsibility plays mm. one of the major 
roles because we mm. can't live in the society where everyone is happy and have all the basic needs covered if we don't take personal responsibility. And your example with what you do with your son is an excellent example of <laughs> yeah. personal responsibility. Yeah. But yeah. what can we do? What type of conditions do we need to create in our society in order for us to do take this personal responsibility seriously and actually start acting towards a better future for all of us? Yeah, and that's a huge one. Um, anything in the area of you know, nutrition and health, if it seemed as an extra challenge, you know, people often put it off uh, until they need to worry about it. So I often see people, it's only when they've had a medical diagnosis or a health scare that they suddenly are willing to embrace, you know, nutrition and exercise. Um, but instead, I like people to think about that mindset, the driver in our car, and come up with some values and, and have a think about their personal values. And I think you often will find out whether it's to be there for their family or to be most successful they can be in business, um, you know, wh whatever it might be. Health is a critical element of it. You can't be the best dad or the best business owner or the best teacher or whatever is of highest value to you if you're not really healthy. So I think by having that value and having that driver and then breaking it down into what can I do for myself and for my loved ones, and then hopefully that ripples out across society, um, to take personal responsibility for that. And it can be about you know doing some of the meal prep, uh, spending a little bit more time planning the recipes for the week and, and shopping appropriately. I love the idea of, of if you can't grow your own veggies or herbs, find a local farmer so you know where things are coming from, you know how they're grown, you're supporting local business and, um, and likewise with exercise. So I think from a community perspective, there are things that we can encourage, you know, have more bike and walking trails and, um, you know, safe parks and, and those sorts of things. But we have to be aware that particularly in health, a key driver has to be personal responsibility because, you know, no one's going to save you. And this is a big one I see particularly, and I was actually in this situation a little bit over a year ago, so I can really identify, but a lot of busy people are either in denial or survival mode. So they either think, yeah, I know I've got something to improve in terms of health, but once I get through the week or on Monday, or I just finished this report, then I'm going to tackle it. And we all know we get busier, not less busy. And that never happens. And the other thing is denial where we actually don't think there's an issue at all. Um, and then actually the third one is victim where we're blaming everyone else except for ourselves. So my suggestion is to actually just take a real look and it can, and it can be hard, but, you know, be honest with yourself. Can you walk up the stairs without puffing? Can you bend over without making all those sort of funny groaning noises? Could you run five or 10 asked you to right now um, and if, if you you know you don't have a really positive answer to all of those things then it's time to take some small steps but take them now and some personal responsibility to make sure that you know you you're living a healthy life so that your family your loved ones and the community actually get the best of you and the best version of you yeah so it's key mm. Dr. Liz, the, the Creative Society is built on eight foundations. The, uh, the volunteers from Alatria Unites International Public Movement has scoured the planet. They've been out there asking hundreds of thousands of people for the last few years, what is a Creative Society? What is a society you want to live in? And that 
after that surveys have come back, they created the eight foundations. All of them, all the eight foundations kind of are intertwined and connected. But we've been talking about health. We've been talking about longevity. We've been talking about life. So I'd like to ask our producer to put up foundation number one so I can read it, which is human life. I want to read that to everybody. And then I'd like to ask you to talk about that, if we would. So foundation number one, human life is the highest value. Life of any human has to be protected as one's own. The goal of society is to ensure and guarantee the value of each human's life. There is not, and never can there be, anything else more valuable than a human's life. If one human is valuable, then all people are valuable. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this one in particular resonated with me because as a scientist and a researcher, you know, I'm fascinated by our progress over the past, you know, a couple of hundred years in particular with extending human life from a medical point of view, like, you know, we have, um, or until recently, um, you know, had the, the longest lifespan, um, generally good quality of life. We've done some tremendous improvements in terms of uh, improving food and water safety and, um, you know, combating various illnesses and, and conditions. However, I think we're at a tipping point now, and we have been for a couple of decades, where uh, intervention by man is now actually causing serious problems from a uh, medical and health perspective. And so if I just focus on those chronic disease or preventable diseases, you know, we're actually now dying from um, preventable diseases like, um, you know, obesity leading to things like type 2 diabetes or heart disease or certain types of cancers. And I think, um, you know, it's a real, I think it's a crime actually that, um, you know, this sort of upcoming generation and some of the next generations um, are actually going to have a less, a shorter life expectancy than their parents and their grandparents. You know, it's starting to reverse now. And the fact that we say kids, so for example, you know, 20, over 20 years ago when I um, started learning nutrition, we said type 2 diabetes, you know, was an adult type um, because it was lifestyle and linked with obesity. We certainly never saw any young people with it. And now, you know, I'm, I see kids as young as 10 or 11 um, with type 2 diabetes due to obesity. Like it's, you know, it should not be happening. So I think the fact that... Um, it's these improvements have gone so far, but now due to all the man-made um, interventions and, you know, too much processed food, too sedentary lifestyle and, and, you know, an environment which is basically just encouraging us to overindulge and, and not be active enough uh, is leading to serious problems. So from a human life perspective and also from a, you know, a health perspective, I think we need to really start reversing that um, because we're going to get ourselves into some very serious problems where our young are going to have to take care of this really exploding aging population that are going to have um, all sorts of you know, chronic disease and they're not going to be aging with vitality and they're um, not aging with vitality and they're going to have a lot of uh, problems that they need to manage and it's going to lead to a poor quality of life. So I want to make sure <laughs> as many as people can avoid that, age with vitality, have a great quality of life 
and um, and you know really really minimise that. Because like I say, as I'm getting older, and as my parents, they're still very healthy. They're early eighties and and very healthy. But you know, I, I want them to have a fantastic life till the end. So yeah, so that's that's a bit about human life, valuing it, incredibly important. But we need to make sure that yeah, we are really we're really supporting all areas. Yeah. I can keep so going Dr. on that. We'll go. How, yeah. So <laughs> how important are those eight foundations really? Yeah. And if you woke up tomorrow in the creative society, which benefit of a creative society you would enjoy the most? Oh, that's a hard question because I agree with Steve. They're all important and they're all intertwined. I think one, and this is a huge one, um, but I think it's worth tackling. The fact that we've got such big areas of our world, um, you know, that still have challenges with undernutrition. And as you mentioned, Olga, even in developed countries, you know, we still have problems with malnutrition and people not getting enough food. And that at the other side of the coin, you know, we've got this huge issue with obesity and, and preventable disease. So somehow, if we can sort of, you know, smooth that out and make sure those, the have-nots are getting more and the ones that, you know, are having um, too much in terms of access to cheap food that's not actually nourishing the body and the mind. And, um, and part of it's education, part of it's access, part of it is mental health challenges. So, you know, there's, there's lots of issues there, but I would like people from all different areas and disciplines of, of the community to work together to try and help uh, manage that because it leads to, you know, by working in one area, it actually leads to benefits in the other area as well. Mm. So that's, that would be a big one, a big one for me. <laughs> you touched on, Dr. Liz, you touched on something that I, I'm also passionate about, and that is how to bring that balance it just seems wrong that in one country, uh, a young child dies of starvation, while in another country, a young person is suffering from diseases due to overeating. Exactly. And thank yeah. you for touching on that. Uh, I, we want to spend the rest of the evening hanging out with you and talking, but uh, I, I, we can't uh, because <laughs> we are on a time limit. And I wish we could because this has been so insightful. But we want to also connect with other people around the world is there anybody in your network you might recommend that we could bring on as a guest? Absolutely, there is. And I think she would be absolutely amazing for the Creative Society. She is a creative herself. Her name is Stephanie Doyle. She's from the Soul Echo. And she is a powerhouse in terms of a photographer, creative artist. And she's very good at, cap. that's why it's the Soul Echo. She captures people beautifully uh, in terms of their energy and whatever area of life that they're at. So um, yeah, I, I reckon um, Stephanie will be absolutely amazing to talk about. Awesome. And we haven't had a photographer yeah. on the program yet. Oh, so good, that will good. be very exciting yeah, to talk to yeah. her and how she sees the life through the, her lens. <laughs> yeah, <So>, beautiful. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Liz. And before we go, is there something that we didn't uh, ask you about or is there something you would like to wish to our audience today? Yeah, well, firstly, I guess I'd just like to mention that nutrition can be a very confusing area and people often, um, you know, appreciate support. So, you know, I'm always happy for people to reach out to me if they have any uh, questions in that area. And the second thing is just to remember, you know, people are often... 
after the material things or, you know, what they want the designer gear, they want their sports car. They need to remember they've already got their sports car. They've got this beautiful body. We've only got one for life. So, you know, look after it, maintain it well so that, you know, it lasts you for a beautiful life um, and preventing that, you know, major overhaul <laughs> that you're going to need towards the end. And I, I genuinely believe if people, um, you know, invest in their nutrition, their health and the well-being, that it's actually one of the best investments they will ever make. Wow. Thank you so much. You summed it up so nicely. And you're right. Right now we live in this consumeristic society and we think we really need to buy, buy, buy. But in reality, we need to take take and take more personal responsibility Guys. for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's thank you true. so much for being on. Mm -hmm. And for our viewers, if you would like to learn more about the Project Creative Society, please visit alatraunites.com. And on the website, you can read more about the eight foundations of the Creative Society and also about the stages of building a Creative Society around the globe and how you can be a part of it. So thank you so much, Steve, for co-hosting. Thank you so much, Dr. Liz, for being on. And when, when we go, we will, would like to show a promo for the next conference that we have coming up on March 20th, 2021. And that conference will unite people all over the world and will be translated simultaneously to 35 languages in order for us to understand the creative society through the eyes of what prophets have brought us and what prophets wished for us and what type of society the prophets dreamed of and how we can achieve that together with all the technology and all the communication we have right now. So again, thank you so much for being on and let's watch the promo. Bye-bye. Unprecedented event of present history. Initiative that comes from people around the world. Main project of humanity. People stopped being silent about urgent issues of our society. How it all started. May 2019, International Online Conference, Society, The Last Chance. 140 countries of the world, hundreds of thousands of people online, hundreds of broadcast platforms, translated into seven languages simultaneously. If we all want to live in peace, why do we have a world of violence and destruction? It is up to us to build a different world. How can we do it? December 2020, Creative Society, United We Can, 180 countries of the world, millions of people online, thousands of streaming platforms. 35 languages simultaneously translated. People have voiced today's reality and what they truly desire. And it is the creative society. All cultures have an image of the ideal world people want to live in. A world that prophets talked about. The time has come when we can make it real. How will we use this chance? Let's meet March 20, 2021, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time.
international online event of global scale. Creative Society, what the prophets dream of. This is the day the world will unite to find out the truth. Join the entire humanity and spread the message.